the Small Queendom Podcast, episode 23. Hey there, welcome back to the Small Queendom Podcast. I'm your host, Leah Graham. Thank you for joining me. If you're new around here, what we do on the Small Queendom Podcast is we help you move the needle from surviving to thriving so you can create a beautiful, beautiful queendom, whatever that looks like in your home, whether you live in a city, in a town, in, I don't know, on a mountain, on a hill, on a lake, on the ocean. It doesn't matter. I find that the more people that I talk to, the more that I have in common rather than the more that I have differences. And I was really thinking about what it means to live a meaningful life and the word curate keeps popping up and I I kind of grabbed onto this idea of curating my life when I was very interested in the minimalist movement. I spent about a little over a year kind of really diving deep into the minimalism and the idea that less is more and Um, just kind of clearing the clutter. It's so interesting when you start clearing your environment, how much more calm and stable your mind is. It was, that was really wonderful for me and I'm still totally a work in progress. But I love this idea of curating your life, that you don't have to be full to the brim every single moment. Your schedule doesn't have to be full to the brim. You don't have to have a thousand people around you all the time, you know, what what you do have is you have less things or less less stuff that fills up all the nooks and crannies of your life and it, it is just, um, it's more meaningful, it's more hand-picked, maybe it's more valuable. Anyway, so think about what curating a beautiful queendom can be in in your your life. All right, let's move on. We're going to get to the review of the week. Thank you for everyone who has left a review. If you have not yet done that, I would be so grateful if you would take 10 seconds, go over to iTunes or wherever you get this podcast and leave a review. This one is by KK86KK. That sounds like some initials to me. Awesome. And it says, wonderful. I've known Leah for many years. I love her. She has a wonderful spirit and heart. Her voice is soothing and points are interesting. Thank you so much for leave, leaving that. I, I smile a little bit because a lot of the reviews that I get mention my voice. And I thought, wow, I always thought I had kind of a weird talking voice. But it just goes to show that things that you think about yourself that maybe aren't up to par or <laughs> that you would maybe change, that they are a high point to other people. So thank you for mentioning that. How fun. Okay, today I want to talk to you about something that is kind of thrown around a lot. This word is thrown around a lot and I wanted to unpack it a little bit because I think it's really important. Now, I think a lot of people will kind of uh, point it out and be like, oh, you're doing this and it, it's not the case. So I think it's it's uh, used out of context. Uh, but I think for the people that are experiencing this, it's, it's important to speak about, um, especially if they don't realize that it's going on. And what the heck am I talking about? I'm talking about gaslighting. Gaslighting. So we're going to unpack this a little bit. I want to put a preface that I am not 
an expert in psychology. I am not an expert on gaslighting. I have only somewhat in the recent past discovered this word gaslighting and what it means. And um, my husband actually handed me his phone. I don't know. It's probably maybe been almost a year, maybe. I can't quite remember. And he handed me his phone. He's like, here, I want you to read this. And it was, the title of it was like, um, 10 signs that you have been gaslighted. And I was like, oh, okay. So I start reading it and I like stop it. I look up at him and I said, oh my goodness. I feel like I have experienced nine out of 10 of these things regularly in my life. Not from, not from my husband. Um, if you know some of my story, you probably know what I'm talking about and what I'm referring to. So I want to bring some awareness to this idea of gaslighting. One of my motivations is because we're heading into the holiday season and um, a gaslighting can happen a lot of times in um, romantic relationships. It can happen in, in, in negative friendships. Um, it's common in family, especially a parent to a child. And, and it also can happen in the workplace. And so obviously there will be some variables on examples there. Um, but I was just thinking like going into the end of the year, going into the holiday season with Thanksgiving and, and Christmas, whether it is, um, you know, you're going to be at a lot of family gatherings or you're going to be around a lot of people, maybe at work, you're working on year end goals. Um, I just want you to be aware of what the signs of gaslighting are. Okay. Um, I don't really, I'm not, I, like I said, I'm not really the expert. I don't really know what to tell you. If you say, yes, this is, this is me. Uh, this is happening to me. I would just say, you know, if we can be aware of something that's happening, um, we can protect ourselves a little bit better and be able to, um, work through it a little bit. So what in the world is gaslighting? So gaslighting is a form of emotional abuse where a person manipulates situations repeatedly to trick the other person into distrusting his or her own memory and perceptions. It makes the other person question their very instincts that they've counted on for their whole life, making them feel very unsure of anything. Um, if, if I know for me, I've really struggled with um, second guessing myself. Maybe that is surprising to you listening to my podcast because maybe you feel like, oh yeah, so confident she has it together. No, 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 no. I'm not trying to fake like I'm confident. I'm just trying to stand in what I do know. But it is a daily thing to, you know, choose to feel confident in myself and choose to like move forward and make decisions and try new things because of um, this, this experience that I have with um, being gaslighted a lot. So where does this term even come from? So gaslighting comes from a British play that was turned into a movie in the 40s where a husband it attempts to drive his wife crazy. Their lights um, were run on gas and um, the, the lights would flicker some and she would say, do you see that flickering? And he's like, no, I don't see anything. The lights are fine. You must be crazy. And so anyway, he, he basically makes her second guess herself so much that she, you know, kind of goes crazy. So that's the idea behind gaslight. So there's a lot of different te techniques um, when it comes to what gaslighting um, can look like. And it can be done again by women or men. It's not just like a one or another. So I'm going to give you some examples. And now if you're in a workplace or something like that, a gaslighter might be someone who, um, 
maybe you had a conversation about a project or about expectations and then that comes around and and you said oh but i thought that we weren't going to need that until you know february 2nd he's and the person goes what no way we agree that you were going to have it on january 29th even though you know for sure it's february 2nd you know this idea of like moving the goalpost completely making the person second guess themselves now sometimes like honest mistakes can happen miscommunications but this is when it is repeatedly over and over and over so one form is called withholding and it's a technique where i'm just going to use the word abuser that sounds like kind of extreme but i'm just going to use that word um, it's a technique where the abuser uh, feigns a lack of understanding and refuses to listen and declines sharing emotions so an, an example of this might be you're just trying to confuse me or I'm not listening to that crap again tonight. You know, like like this kind of thing of like shutting you down. Like if you you are wanting to like share your side of things or be able to, you know, work through an issue, they cut you off real quick. Like they're not going to listen to it. They're moving on, you know, that's called withholding. Another technique is called countering where um, an abuser will vehemently call into question a victim's memory in spite of the victim having remembered things correctly. So the idea, um, here's an example of that. Think about when you didn't remember things correctly last time or you thought that last time and you were wrong. Uh, I definitely um, experienced that one a lot before. Um, the idea of you thought this last time and you were wrong. And that really makes someone have to pause and be like, oh, you're right. And, you know, uh, people are hardwired to not want to fail. So that, I think, is a very, that countering technique is very, very, very strong. So one thing that happens is they, you know, I'll just use the word abuser, is making the other person seriously question their own motives and perceptions. And when something happens um, and the other person responds, again, it, they, they just go straight to their core. They question their experiences, their thoughts, and their, and their opinions. Um, and usually it's set in some kind of anger. So here's some more examples. You have an overactive imagination or, well, you obviously never believed in me then. Another one is, um, you see everything in the most negative way, you know, throwing it back on the person over and over and over. And it's just a lot of shutting down. Some other ideas are blocking or diverting, um, where the conversation changes, um, from the subject matter. This one's really important where the conversation is changing from the subject matter to questioning the victim's thoughts, okay? So it, it's diverting. It's moving from what you actually wanted to talk about to um, attacking the other person pretty much. So examples of this would be like, I'm not going through that again. Or where did you get a crazy idea like that? Or you're hurting me on purpose. That one, like you're hurting me on purpose or you know, throwing it on them like they're trying to just do their best and 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 the, and the victim is the one that is causing the harm. Um, another one is like, you're gonna let something like that come between us. So if you confront that person and you're saying, hey, I think this and this is going on, something's not working here, and they throw it at you, like you're gonna let that come between us, that's not the appropriate response. Like if, if you are going to someone and you say, I'm having this problem, the correct response is, oh, wow, let's work through this. I want us to, you know, be able to work together or I truly care about you. I want us to be on the same page. You know, that the response of, of huffiness and you're going to let something like this come between us, that guilt 
It's playing a lot to that guilt and that shame button, all right? And then another is forgetting and denial. Uh, this is kind of this is kind of extreme. This one really harkens back to the original play, um, but the person can play dumb, um, like "What are you talking about?" or um, "You're making that up," or um, just like "I don't have to take this," and like walking away. They're going for like <sighs> making you question your instincts. The the person that is gaslighting is is this is this is a form of manipulation and control. Okay. Now I will say that from my research and my listening to I've listened to a lot of podcasts about um, gaslighting, and I've read a lot of things that I could um, get my hands on just online. And one thing that I want to point out is that it's it is learned behavior. So some people I'm not going to say all, but some people who are gaslighting others don't realize that they're doing it because it's it is learned behavior. Um, it's actually very kind of easy not easy. It is common for parents to kind of gaslight their children. Like, what are you crying about? That wasn't even a big deal. You know, kind of like talking down on them. Um, it, which is, you know, kind of scary. Like, I, I don't want to do that. So this idea of like honoring someone's thoughts and not constantly questioning them. And like, when you point the finger at who they are at the core, like that really messes with people. So, um, we just need to really watch out for that. All right. One thing that also happens um, on the victim side is they are afraid to bring up a lot of topics or a certain topic at all for fearing that they're going to be wrong or maybe um, they didn't remember it correctly. Uh, they start to question like their memories on things, um, especially if the gaslighter has said that's not how it was at all and then kind of like redoes the memory then the person that is on the receiving end is like wow that's not how i remember at all i'm i'm really wrong about that um so here are some signs if about um about gaslighting and emotional abuse um number one you're constantly second guessing yourself number two you ask yourself am i too sensitive a dozen times a day maybe yeah, maybe you have been criticized for just being overtly sensitive all the time um number three you feel, often feel confused or even crazy at work um you're always apologizing whether it's to your mother your father your boyfriend or your boss um you can't understand why with so many apparently good things in your life you aren't happier um, you frequently make excuses for your partner's behavior to friends and family or whoever the other person is. You're, you're always making excuses for them. Maybe you find yourself withholding information from friends and family so you don't have to explain or make excuses. Um, you know something's terribly wrong, but you can never quite express what it is, even to yourself. Um, you start lying to avoid the put-downs and reality twists. You have trouble making simple decisions. Um, you have a sense that you used to be a very different person, maybe more confident, more fun-loving, more relaxed. You feel hopeless and joyless. You feel as though you can't do anything right, and you wonder if you are good enough, whether it's a girlfriend, wife, employee, friend, son, you know, so on. I'm going to post some um, resources in the show notes, a couple podcast episodes that I listened to, a couple um, good articles for you to look over. Um, including the one that I pulled a lot of these examples that I mentioned for. It's a really great article um, about it. Well, very well written. And my goal with this is just to bring some awareness. I'd say that most of you listening, um, this is not your life, thankfully. But I would say that there are some people from a close relationship with a parent, with a family member, with a with a, a romantic relationship, with a, with a workplace situation, even with a professor, 
or um, instructor, I'm sure that you um, have experienced this. So for me, um, the hardest thing for me is the way that I second guess myself. And, you know, like I deal with when I'm trying to create or, you know, have some content creation or come up with new ideas. Like I have this constant reel in my mind of like, no, that's not a good idea. No, why are you wasting your time on that? No one will think that, you know, just like this negative reel. And so it's hard for me to kind of get out of that spin, this second guessing myself. Um, and the idea of like really showing up authentically uh, because that has been uh, highly criticized in my life. So I'm just bringing this up for awareness for you because if this is your situation, you need to look into it. And if you have not received professional help working through this kind of abuse, then I, I absolutely, dear friend, want you to seek that out because you are enough you are not crazy, you have remembered things correctly, and you can trust yourself, all right? All right, new segment alert. We're going to start incorporating a Q&A segment here and there just kind of like we play games or I talk about stuff I'm digging or you know a movie or music or whatever essential oils we're gonna have a Q&A section I think that'd be a fun way for you to ask me a question so if you want me to elaborate on something that I've talked before um something that about a story maybe that I've said um that absolutely works for me just send me an email leah at smallqueendom.com or you can send me a dm um, at Small Queendom on Instagram, and I will put it in the queue. So the one question I'm going to start with is, um, Leah, how do you get through roadblocks in your head? Phew. Well, that's a tough one, especially after um, talking about gaslighting. It can be very difficult to get through roadblocks in your head. These are just, I mean, I'm not going to get too much into the um, the neurological reasons we find ourselves in patterns is because our brain literally makes pathways. So we have to create new pathways in our brains. There's a lot of different things that you can um, help your mental state through physical things. Um, I'm a huge proponent of, of exercise to work through a problem. Um, when I play the piano, I can um, work through a lot of issues or, or, or uh, troubleshoot. Um, of engaging in music, singing, or playing an instrument. Um, it, it moves information on both sides of your brain at the same time through the corpus callosum. So again, that's creating new pathways. But how do you get through roadblocks in your head? Well, first you have to identify what the roadblock is. And a lot of times it is a, limited, a limiting belief. I have a friend who I want to bring on the podcast. She is so awesome about um, working through limiting beliefs and that's for another day but a lot of times the roadblocks we feel are limited beliefs so if you can identify the limited belief maybe it's um i am just not enough or i always seem to fall short or no one is going to listen to me or i i can never be a success or everyone else has good things happen but not me if you can identify that thought and then seriously try to think back the earliest memory that you felt that way if if you can if you can if you can kind of trace it back i find that for me tracing back to my earliest memory is kind of hard and it takes a while but it's worth it if you can think back when was the first time i thought negatively about my body 
kind of trace that map all the way back. You might find that it was when you were, you know, eight years old and you saw your mother go on a diet. I don't know. You might have been watching a TV show and you first heard the word fat and, you know, and you were like, oh my gosh, what's that word? Am I fat? I have no idea. Try to trace it back. So what do I do when I have a roadblock in my head? I mean, I love personal development, um, but sometimes you can get stuck in it. I think that you just have to do the hard thing anyway. I think, and that feels so hard. It feels excruciating to do something imperfectly or do something when your whole brain is screaming, no, don't do it. Um, For me, if I'm hitting a wall, let's call it a wall, a roadblock. Let's, Let's imagine that it's a brick wall. You have a few choices. You can stop and you can turn around or you can go around, you can go over, you can go under, or you can go through it. And some, and that's hard, all very hard work. And one thing that I say to myself is like, it's always going to be this way until I change. I'm always going to feel this way until I change. I'm always going to think that my ideas suck until I actually do them and they're good. I'm always going to think that I'm going to fail until I do something and I don't fail. You know, I'm always going to think something and what I think probably will happen because if I'm thinking something a certain way, my brain is going to make it so. So how do I get through roadblocks? (laughs) In my head, it's hard, Um, but you do it one step at a time. You do it one step at a time. You find the people in your life that love you unconditionally. You find the people that are truly rooting you on. You find the people that help you get to the other side of it, all right? I think, I really think that positivity of the people that are around us, um, I think you need to get into some spiritual practice. So for me, that's reading my Bible, that's memorizing scripture, um, that's having uh, solitude and silence time, um, that's that's getting my mind quiet, that is getting into service, um, Yeah, so it's a tricky one. I'm not the expert on that, but I just think it's always going to be this way until you change it. No one else can change it. You can change it and you can do it feeling imperfect and you can do it feeling broken. You can get through it. Um, And I think that it's just a muscle, you know, it's a muscle that we can um, make stronger and that we can grow. Are you a bath person? So actually, I need to tell you something. I'm really not a bath person. Growing up, we didn't really have a bathtub. We just had a shower. So I didn't grow up, um, you know, splashing around in the tub. But recently, I have started um, incorporating more regular baths just because it's it's quiet, it's warm, it's relaxing. I usually take my bath after the children are in bed, um, so it actually can be relaxing. But I wanted to give you a little recipe uh, that is a, a great way to help your body detoxify and um, also put in some good nutrients. So before I get in the bath, I actually will dry brush. I've talked about this before, but I will dry brush. And then into the bath goes a cup of Epsom salts and a half a cup of baking soda. Um, What the Epsom salts do is it's magnesium, and magnesium for your body helps with detoxification pathways. Magnesium does so many things. It helps you have a restful night of sleep. Um, 
it, it, it's good for digestion. It's good for mental health. Um, I even take a supplement called Natural Calm, which goes into my water. And it is so great at helping um, feelings of calmness in, in your brain. Uh, so I love the, an Epsom salt bath. And then um, the baking soda is just helping your body have a good um, pH. So, and then of course, I'm always adding essential oils. Um, I usually like to do, if I'm feeling like sore or tired, I'll do frankincense, maybe some lavender. I like to do our balance blend or our serenity, um, even copaiba. If you're really wanting a good detoxification bath, you can do like rosemary and geranium um, with some frankincense, that'd be great. But anyway, it is so nice. I've been trying to incorporate it more. It's still kind of weird to me taking a bath because I think I should be doing something, you know, like washing my hair or shaving my legs. So I'm, it's kind of like a practice of like being still and chilling out. Like you don't have to do anything right now. Just breathe. And I might turn on a podcast that I've been wanting to listen to. But anyway, it's nice. All right, again, that recipe for the bath is one cup of Epsom salt, a half a cup of baking soda, and your choice of essential oils. Remember, all essential oils are not created equal. It really matters where they're sourced, how they're sourced in all the little steps in between. Uh, my favorite brand is doTERRA. They have never let me down. So enjoy that bath. And one last thing before we sign off, I wanted to make a little announcement that I am actually opening up a small Queedom Etsy shop. I'm just gonna have a couple items. Uh, one of them will be related to the Enneagram. I think that there are so a few Enneagram gifts available that are actually something that you would like to buy. Um, so I'm really excited about that. And then I'm also, Ooh, I'm so excited about this one. I'm also releasing a very limited batch of something very, very special that I have created and that I have loved for a couple of years and I'm making it available. I don't want to spill the beans totally yet. So what I want you to do, if you want to know exactly when it drops, you will be the first to know when this drops. Um, my email subscribers, my small queendom email subscribers will get the first heads up of when these products drop. If you wanna be sure you get on that list, I will have a link in the show notes. And as a thank you, it is to my queen for a day ebook that is just full of self-care tips and tricks. And I, I love it, it's beautiful, I created it and it will get you signed up for the list. And I'm so excited. It's going to be, um, I'm going to be releasing it in just a couple weeks, my Etsy shop. So woohoo, get excited. I want you all to know I am doing this <laughs> in spite of all the self-doubt. Because for me, my dream for Small Queendom is to be a lifestyle brand. I want Small Queendom to have products. I want to be able to curate beautiful things for your home and your life and and, and you, um, and so this is me just saying, okay, I'm gonna dip my little toes in the water. So be sure to get on the list so you can find out when my Etsy shop lands. I'm so grateful for you. Thank you for showing up. Have a wonderful week. I'll catch you next time. Bye.